What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in. Uh, this was a cool episode I did with my buddy Steven. Uh, Steven hunted with Chris and I last year in Oregon. We had some cool stuff to talk about, about that hunt. Um, kind of a tough situation that, that Steven went through in that hunt and what the outcome of that was. Uh, we talk a little bit about fitness um, and what he's training to do. The guy's a madman. He's training for uh, ultra marathon right now. And knowing him, I don't see an end in sight with that. He's probably going to do one after another. It's going to be really cool to see. But uh, Stephen, Stephen's got some really great insight on on what to do on the mountain. Um, he's got some cool insight on gear that we went into a little bit too. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot to get out of this episode. Um, just another one where I'm taking knowledge from knowledgeable people. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, any feedback is appreciated and thanks again for all the support everyone. There we go, man. We're recording. All righty. So, for, dude, we haven't even we haven't seen each other since last year. Dude, it's been a long time. Yeah. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> yeah, that was a good know. time, though. That was a good time it, when we were all together. It was. It was, and we're we're gonna get into that hunt a little bit too. Um, yeah. Yeah. For sure. You know, it was it was pretty cool. There was there was a lot that happened, and for me, it was. Um, I mean, all of us all the way around could say that we were unsuccessful, but mm-hmm. I hate saying that when, when you have an adventure like that, you know, over a week right? and all of it's a learning experience. Absolutely. You know, we, we got, I think all of us got a lot out of it. Probably me more than anybody. It's just, it's something new every day for me out there. So I love it. Yeah, especially going somewhere new. Was that your first time going to to Oregon over there? That was, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a totally different uh, experience, especially from like even the first time that we all went out. Yeah. I've never even been in anything like that, and like terrain and stuff like that. So that was so awesome. Such a good trip. Yeah, that's what's Definitely interesting had its ups too. And downs, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll get into that for yeah. sure. Um, well. While we were, uh, before we started recording, we were talking a little bit about working out. And I kind of like to start off on that because, dude, for one, you're a beast. Uh, I'll say it straight (laughs) up. And you got a lot going on right now with with the way you're working out and you're running. Um, is, Is that new this year or have you always been running like that? I have never ran this much. I've always... I've been running since before I got to Idaho, but I'd say it was probably like half the volume maybe. Um, cause I really, the whole, like, cause I got out of the military and came over here. Well, I'm still like in the garden and all that, but, um, uh, mm-hmm. I was mainly just like a weight guy, you know, like I didn't hunt or anything like that. So like all I did was hit the gym. And so, uh, when I finally started hunting, I realized you need to work on cardio <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and, uh, I enjoy running and I have two dogs and, I love taking them out. That's the best way to 
get them out and moving. So, um, yeah, I just started doing that and I like it a lot. So, uh, but to this extent, no, I, this is, this is the first time, but I've been training for races and stuff like that. So, uh, okay. That answers yeah. some questions. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Everybody's like, why are you doing so much? I'm like, I'm like, I have two races. And like, I said, I was going to do an ultra this year and my God, I signed oh, up. Shit. I'm doing it. So, <laughs> Oh dude, that's awesome. What, okay. Where, what ultra are you doing? When is it? Uh, so I have two races. The first one is not an ultra. It's a 20 miler up in the hills and it's kind of falls on like a Saturday. So it's kind of just to see where I'm at. Okay. And then, uh, and then I have, it's called the uh, bogus 50, 50 and it's a uh, 50 K up in the foothills. And it basically climbs from down in town up to, I don't know where, but there's a lot of climbing and it's, uh, it's a 50 K. It's not like a huge, crazy ultra, but, uh, it's my first one. So besides that Spartan race and, uh, so all foot race and I'm, pretty excited to do that so 32 miles so we'll see how it goes but uh, yeah heck yeah oh my god man this is gonna be cool yeah um, when when are when's the second one when's the 50k uh, october 5th oh okay yeah Ooh, that's right before deer camp huh yeah yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> man yeah. you're gonna you're gonna go into deer camp just jacked Dude, that's the that's the game plan man i'm like i get gut checked every year and i'm like i'm just <laughs> i'm like i want to be on a different level this year so hopefully uh this will help but <laughs> we'll see oh yeah i mean it's got to I, I i think back um you know deer camp that i went to was that two years ago now mm-hmm. was that yes. that wasn't last yeah, year that was yeah that years. was two years yeah. ago yeah um you know when i went that as far as the activity and the hiking and the movement was so much different than just those few days we did elk hunting. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I remember back on, you know, on that first day of elk hunting, um, oh, goodness. <laughs> dude, at the spot we started at, everybody always says that, that the whole thing with backpack hunting is is you load up, you, you, you wake yourself up, you get ready to go. And, you know, we, we, we loaded up with like the crack of dawn early in the morning. Yep. Um, and everyone says that first hundred yards is the hardest, right? Yeah. Our first hundred yards was straight uphill. Yeah. That was a good climb <laughs> right up there, right in the beginning. <laughs> and, and we got going and I, and you were gone immediately you were so i to the point dude where honestly i felt bad sometimes hunting with you early on because i'm oh, like no. man i hope i'm not holding this guy back too much no no absolutely not <laughs> i just get on a pace i don't know i just i just cruise and it's just kind of stay in my zone and then i don't think about how how much it hurts <laughs> yeah well yeah that got you and you staying on your pace and rolling along got you on an elk this year while Chris and I were fucking around with our maps, looking at at little (laughs) ponds and shit. (laughs) That's true. Yep. It did. But so, uh, so I imagine you've gone out a little bit and got some hikes in and everything. What, what kind of difference have you noticed with the running between you know what you and I'm sure you're not gonna have a really good gauge till you start hunting this year. But yeah, what have you seen yeah. so far? Um, I've gotten I've gotten some because I still do um, I still incorporate um, pack training. Um, I've I've seen a couple things and like I 
I used to try and do like a lot of like pack training, like in the week. And, uh, I think it's pretty hard on your body. I mean, people do it all the time, but like, I think it's mm-hmm. good to like get, do like some running and get your cardio in and then get like a big heavy pack, like, you know, at least once a week, you know, and uh, do that. So, yeah. um, and th- in that aspect, you can see like, you know, the endurance and being able to carry it. And I think that it goes both ways too. like being able to like do that kind of translates over into at least a trail running, just because you need like the strength and stuff like that to be able to climb. And so when you don't have all that weight on you, you just feel faster. Um, yeah. Going up. So, um, and then just the endurance um, aspect of it. Like I went from not being able to run too far to running further now. I mean, not in comparison to what some other people are doing, but, um, for me on this level, like this is by far the best shape I've ever been in. Um, so, yeah. um, it's definitely, it's definitely, I think it's going to help me out a lot. Uh, just in with the mental game. Cause every week I think I do like a little bit further, you know, and it kind of like pushes my limits past something that I've never really done. So, and I yeah. feel like every time that we've gone out like elk hunting or, you know, wherever, like every single one of those has been like a gut check since I started hunting, you know, it's like, Oh man, this mm. sucked. I'm like, and then the next year it's like, I get gut checked again. Cause we go a little bit further and a little bit harder. And then it's the same thing the next year. So, uh, I see a trend here. So hopefully, uh, it'll, it'll bring us closer to that end goal and, uh, uh, be able to close the deal on something. But like you said, it's not really about all that. I just enjoy the experience and I love running. I love pushing myself and, uh, seeing what I could do. And, you know, I've had certain goals like running an ultra and like, you know, it's been three mm-hmm. years since I've been here in Idaho and like this year I'm doing it. Like I'm, I got my mindset to it and that's what's happening. So. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. It, you know, I would say too, um, what, what you said earlier with, with pack training, I, I know a lot of people who, who their philosophy on it is the best way to, um, to prepare for carrying that pack around in the mountains is to train with pack on. Mm-hmm. And I think you're kind of right on that. It is hard on the body. It's like mm-hmm. other, other sports and endeavors, guys don't just, they don't do the thing that's damaging to them, you know, the whole time, like a fighter mm-hmm. or something. They're yeah. not, they're not punching each other in the face every single day, yeah. you know? And, and, and you look at it, it's like, I, I think when I'm on the mountain, the thing that, that kicks my ass, like what kicked my ass in that first hundred yards I hiked, you know, the first time we hunted together was my heart beating out of my chest, you know, and my breathing heavy Mm -hmm. and you can train that with running without the pack. Now, granted, mm-hmm. you got to have some muscle and be able and have a strong back and be able to handle it. Mm-hmm. But thinking back on it, there there really hasn't been a time that I had to stop because my back hurt. You know, it's I, I've got to stop because I got to get my breathing under control, or you know, again, my heart's pounding out of my chest. Yeah, I think that's a good approach to it that uh, not a lot of people are taking because nobody yeah, likes for running. Sure. I used to do like some lighter weight stuff too, but I don't know. Do you ever mm-hmm. listen to the Rich Outdoors? Yeah, that podcast. Yeah. So, and actually, Chris might have sent me. I'm not sure, but it was he did some guy. I'm I'm don't call me out, but I think it was on the Rich Outdoors where he like had this uh, 
army officer that like was in charge of like PT, like he was way high up and they did uh-huh. studies on their guys and um, they did testing, like basically like light pack training during the week versus like heavy pack training versus like running and then how many days were beneficial. And they actually found that, you know, with money, they can only do like pack training every so often, but even the guys that did like lighter weight pack testing, it didn't really benefit them doing more than, you know, a heavy pack and then just running. And then the guys that did the heavy pack and benefited them carrying a lighter pack, but the lighter pack guys, it didn't really benefit them carrying a heavier pack because they weren't used to that kind of weight. So hmm. it was kind of interesting. It kind of changed the way that I trained. And I was like, well, I'm like, if I'm, if that's the case, cause I could feel it, you know, when I was using heavy packs a lot more, I'm like, well, I'm just going to switch to just doing like one heavy load a week if I can, or even two weeks. And, um, I think that it's actually helped me to like recover basically. Um, so yeah, after doing that, I'm like, I totally believe that. Cause I think, and you know, there's, I'm sure there's people out there that say, Oh, I wear 80 pound pack every day or whatever. I don't care. But to me, I'm like the endurance and being able to have your heart rate recover and stuff like that. Like that's what hurts the most. <laughs> yes. <laughs> For yeah, me exactly. when I'm out there. Um, but yeah, like you said to that point, so, but everybody trains different. Everybody's body's different. So <laughs> yeah. Are, are you lifting or anything like that? Or are you, are you just mainly focusing on running right now? Yeah. Yeah. I lift. Um, at the moment I'm not lifting like super heavy or anything. Cause I'm trying to drop weight a little bit before these races, but I still lift, but I mainly do things for like, um, strength training, core and like basically mobility type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully that helps. I mean, obviously lifts aren't quite as heavy as they have been, but um, I feel better. And yeah, I feel better doing the working out the way that I, hopefully I can keep this going even after all this races and hunting season and stuff. Yeah. And that's another thing that's funny to me. Everybody wants to get jacked, you know, and, yeah. and look good. And not many people realize you can do that with minimal lifts. Like, yeah. It doesn't take a whole lot if you're doing it effectively. And you're a perfect example of that. I saw your setup in your garage. You don't have yeah. a whole lot. No. Nope. You know, but you make do with what you have. And Yeah, I could do pretty much everything with a rack and a barbell and some dumbbells, some plates. So. Yeah. Have you ever messed with any of the kettlebell stuff? Uh, I have not. No, I got a couple guys that work that are heavy into that. But um, one, our gym doesn't have them. Mm-hmm. Um like at our fire station and then um two they're expensive so i've never really like looked into purchasing any or doing anything like that so uh but oh, I would, yeah. if, if i had them available i'd probably give it a go um, yeah I, I i started doing them at home like if if i knew you know for whatever reason i wasn't going to go to the gym that day um i knew i can if i can etch out 20 minutes to do a kettlebell thing in the living room so i you know, I kind of use that as a, you know, don't make an excuse not to work out. Yeah. Uh, I just bought a cheapy one, you know, Walmart, like a 35 pounder. There's, there's some really cool just routines online that do full body stuff. And I mean, you could leave yourself pretty damn tired in 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I could totally see that. And you know, that's the other thing I like, I don't really know like the first part, like where to start, like with weight and form, like I'd have to get into it and start googling some workouts and all that <laughs> oh that's um, yeah, fair I can yeah see that being, um, i can see that being pretty intense uh, yeah. at least when i see the guys doing it it looks pretty pretty hard <laughs> yeah for sure well i just i 
I downloaded an app basically that that just tells me what to do, and it's actually pretty effective because I've noticed a lot of different results once I started using that and just sticking to it. You know? Yeah. That really um, like engages your like core and stuff when you're doing that kind of thing too, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Like the um, oh, what do they call them? Like not get ups, but um. Like for me, the the biggest core thing with kettlebells, it's like you're uh, you're basically laying down on your back with kind of one leg uh, bent up, and, and you just you hold the kettlebell up in the air, and with one arm and one leg, you stand up, you know, lay back down, mm-hmm. stand up, uh, Turkish get-ups. That's what they're called. Oh, okay. Oh man, that'll that'll just leave you dying, destroy you. <laughs> yeah. And I and that's what's funny too. I started like with this app. I can, I can pick and choose whatever I want on there. If I want to focus more on body weight stuff, core stuff, or I can tell I can tell it everything the gym I'm at has too. So if it doesn't have a certain piece of equipment it suggests, I could just replace it with another workout that targets the same thing. But it it makes my whole routine for me. You know. Yeah. Nice. So yeah. So if I have no equipment and I'm stuck, you know at my house i'll just put body weight only and it'll still give me whatever that day was supposed to be if it was a chest day it's going to give me you know body weight workouts i can do for my chest okay um is that what you've been doing lately like mainly like when you go to the gym or are you doing like other types of things i'm doing a little bit of everything i try and add in something like that i because i the, the core stuff is really challenging yeah. So I try to add more core stuff now, especially if I get through my workout really quick. If I take mm-hmm. a pre-workout or something and I blow through the workout that it gave me. Um, but then I – see, I, I geek out on data, and it, it gives you so much data on everything. But then oh, I, in, the, in the back of my mind, too, too, I'm like, I'm <laughs> like, wait a minute. I should run, too. I need to be running. And I'm like, well, <laughs> but I need some core stuff, too. And then yeah. – Honestly, the better option, I should probably do what you do. I should amp up the running and, and you know, switch my hour and 15, 20-minute weightlifting sessions to, like, some core-focused workouts. Yeah, that's um, kind of what I've done. I've pretty much gone to, like, I don't usually work out more than probably 45 minutes in a gym. Oh, and, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I probably would more, but I just don't have – I mean, I got – family and kids and <laughs> running yeah. that much it kind of i gotta pull away you know when the wife's not at work so uh, oh for kinda, sure it, that eats up a lot of the time so that's a lot of what you know takes up my time but yeah no i totally i totally get it yeah when i'm when i'm at home and that's the only reason i'm doing an hour and 20 right now is because i'm out of town and i've got nothing else to do with my time yeah nothing else productive other than podcasts you know yeah <laughs> so uh so yeah, I'm I, I'm normally the 45 minute guy too to an like an hour when yeah. when I'm home. Um, yeah. Usually, if if I work like an eight hour day, I can get an hour in before anybody's home, you know, before the kids out of school or anything like that. Nice. But but then you know you gotta you try and balance all the archery and everything else you got going in your life. It's oh, uh, yeah. dude, it's kind of hectic. You gotta, yeah, you gotta figure out what you want to scratch out time for and when you're gonna do it. Yep, there's no rest, that's for sure. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like, um, 
I don't know if you heard it, but the podcasts I've done, a couple of them with my buddy Riku from New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, to that guy, I was just talking to him yesterday, and he's still, like, for, for the last couple of years, of the, when I talked to him the first time, he got he was getting up every day at 3.30 in the morning, you know, having some coffee and shooting his bow for two hours before he headed to work. Man, and then discipline right there. Yeah, and I'm talking to him, and he's like, you know, I want to be the best. I want to get there, and I want to do this and that. And I'm like, well, that's amazing, man. And we talked, and we finally got to meet up in Vegas that year. And Mm -hmm. if you know anything about archery, the Vegas shoot is the Super Bowl of archery. Yeah. Riku made it all the way to the podium he took third place he made it through the whole shoot off out of literally he he eliminated i mean all of the best pros in the world except for two wow (laughs) and incredible and he just last weekend i think he just set some new record in australia and went over there and, and he wasn't. He he didn't get to shoot for Australia's title because he's from New Zealand, but he. I think he shot a oh, score okay. that beat the guy who won Australia's oh, title. <laughs> it was like a world record or something. Oh jeez. Uh, hey, he's been killing it, and man. I I think that you know that translates back to like hard work and mental toughness, and dude, that's what you're doing with this running. And man, I feel like there's always somebody like that. Like somebody is always just getting after it. And, yeah. <laughs> you know that like you, you're always doing things like uh, I'm sure you with your archery and working out, mm-hmm. like you're always doing things by yourself, but there's always somebody just going so much harder. And that's what keeps me pumped. I'm just like, you know, I could be doing more like, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll get my little self pity thing and be like, Oh, this is hard or whatever. I don't want to do this. And then I'll be like, just suck it up and get out there and do it. Like, Somebody else is doing something way worse than you are right now. Exactly. How, yeah. That's dude. If you can tap into that, it, that really takes people far. That takes people to the next level in what they're doing. When you mm-hmm. sit there, and that was a piece of advice I got early on in archery, is that hey, while you're uh, sitting on the couch playing video games, you know, when I was a kid, someone's out there training to kick your ass. Yep. Oh yeah, like, that's oh. totally true. Man, if, yep. if if I can remember that every time I'm struggling, that that'll get you through some shit. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, actually, that last run that I did, um, that was out there in the foothills, was super hot and like I didn't see anybody, and like I had a, kind of a little bit of a low point, and I'm like I'm just like you're the only one out here running, like, and it felt pretty good. Like once I thought about that, like then it just kind of motivated me to finish because. I had a pretty good wall there, like three quarters of the way through, and yeah, I'm like that just got me through the end. I'm like, so you can tap into that. You can either look at a negative or positive, and kind of turn it around in your favor. Just yeah, all, that's all about your all about your mindset. That's the other side of it is that yeah. you're out there by yourself, and you're like, hey, nobody's crazy enough to be training right now. I'm the yeah. one. Yeah, that's cool too. <laughs> yep. Hell yeah. Uh, so. What are you eating right now? Uh, I know for a while you were you were doing keto, right? I did keto for a month. 
Oh, okay. Only I thought it was because longer. my wife was really like, she found out about it, and you know, she sees all the things that everybody's like losing all this crazy weight, doing all this stuff. It sounds like the miracle diet, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, it kind of is, and uh, it's hard for her to uh, do things because you know we got the kid and stuff like that. So if I'm eating you know, high carb diet and my kids eating, you know, mac and cheese or whatever, you know? So I was just like, Oh, I'm like, Oh, it's fortune. Like I'm going to do this for a month basically. And, uh, so because I did that, she was able like that pumped her up and she was able to do it with me. Like, and we were like strict by the book for a month. And, um, sure enough, man, I lost, like, I think I might've lost more weight than her during that time. Like, cause I was on such a high carb diet before that. And, um, I lost oh, okay. like 15 pounds in a month and, um, but that diet though, it just isn't, uh, I don't, I don't know the science behind that diet too much. Like I looked into it a lot and read into it a lot and like, you know, it, it had its pros and cons, but for high intensity things, like I just didn't have like, you know, what I had before, you know, as far as like not feeling hungry and having long term energy and all that, like it was great, but. And that's mm-hmm. just a really hard diet to stay consistent with. And I think consistency is the more important thing. Um, so I try now to eat more of a, um, I don't know. I don't know if it would be paleo, but it'd be, it's basically just whole foods. Like I try to eat as much whole foods as I can without like yeah. eating too much processed stuff. And that's basically my plan. I eat some supplements and stuff like that because it's kind of hard to get like proteins and things like that in, but. Um, right. I just try to eat whole foods as much as I can, but you know, I'm not, I'm not too much of a stickler on that. I got a kid, like we like to have fun foods and do things and, uh, we still eat things, you know, cause my wife likes to eat keto. So we'll eat like keto meals and stuff like that, especially in the evening. Like it helps with cutting weight to not be eating carbs at night. So she'll make like mm-hmm. some kind of keto type foods in the evening and, uh, we'll get into that. And sometimes she'll make keto type foods and I'll just, you know, wrap it in a burrito or something, you know, but, um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much, uh, I try to eat as much whole foods as I can, but, um, yeah, definitely more, uh, definitely more try to like work out and, you know, eat what I eat, what I can and what I need to, you know? Yeah. Well, dude, when, when you're running 18 miles on a random Monday to start your week (laughs) off. Yeah. (laughs) With that, you probably can eat a lot of whatever you want, but I, I figured you're still, you're probably still eating pretty healthy for the most part. No, luckily I got, my wife is like a fantastic cook, man. And she just makes like all kinds of stuff. And like, I, if she didn't like meal prep for me, I'd probably be eating all kinds of shit, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, she like makes me like big bowls and things like that. And like, all I got to do is take it in and heat it up. Cause she knows she feels bad. I feel bad for her. Cause she feels bad when I, she doesn't have something for me. And then I go make like, you know, whatever, <laughs> crap i need to eat but uh yeah she helps me out a lot with uh making really good food so so what what do you normally do you change anything as far as what you're eating once you're on the mountain and you know you're going to be in there for 10 days or you just stock up on whatever um dehydrated food sounds like it's going to taste good um when i'm like backpacking uh yeah. so when we're hunting i actually started going uh stoveless like when we went out in oregon I oh really but i i had no stove um really yeah yeah i didn't i didn't heat up anything when we were out there <laughs> um what the hell were you eating that's hardcore uh, man i don't even remember that 
Yeah, I'm a gear junkie. It saves weight. And yeah. So I basically, um, except for dinners, I I don't know if you've heard of Green Belly Meals. I think I gave Chris one, actually, when we were out there to take home and try. Okay. Uh, but it's basically like two bars that are super high calorie dense. Um, Jillian makes me the like little protein Garcia ball things. And <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, I had uh, some some cold cereal things from um, off grid food company that are like super high, like one bag of those like 800 calories. And then during the days I, and this doesn't change like for backpacking, but I'll eat basically like pro bars, like just peanut butter packets, uh, maybe like honey single waffles and jerky. Um, and then I think I brought like, I'll bring a couple other things depending on what it is and what I have. But yeah, I, I pretty, I go stoveless when we go uh, backpacking. Or wow. when we go hunting. And then uh, if I'm just backpacking, like, I'll usually bring, um, like, a stove. Like, I have a lightweight stove set up, you know, because that's a little bit more just for fun and, you know, enjoying myself. But when I'm hunting, I'm like, all I care about is getting fuel and fast and going to bed and waking up yeah. and doing it again. <laughs> God dang. I wish – I think if I was by myself, I think I can go on that mindset. But yeah. when I'm – if I'm sitting around and, and watching other people eat hot meals – I'm gonna be like, fuck this, dude. That's you. You got you had the feast going, dude. I had yeah. Had, I like, <laughs> what do we have? That grouse and they get ramen, all kinds of good stuff. Man. Oh yeah, yeah. We shot a grouse. We have Chris and I. I think Chris and I, you know, Chris is a fat kid at heart. I eat like a fat kid. I I, I never was one, but you know, I like junk yep. food. So yep. for me, I feel like I earn. As long as I felt like I earned whatever, you know, whatever yeah. tastes good on the mountain. But it, it's been yeah. concerning me lately, too. You know, it's, it's like, well, I don't <laughs> want to be eating super healthy, you know, all the time and then go up on the mountain and I'm eating mountain houses. Yeah. You know, just... Yeah, that's another thing that I kind of changed, too, is like the kind of uh, backpacking food that I was taking out there. Because uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot of companies now that like, you know, I got a buddy that's like, I don't know, he like, he is the most strict diet in the world, I swear. And like, he won't eat like tons of stuff. So I actually end up calling like backpacking companies and he's had some people special make stuff like with certain oils and all kinds of stuff. And wow. um, they've done it. But uh, there's a lot of companies that he eats and he'll tell me about them and they make like super healthy stuff. So if you're eating pretty clean and like kind of whole foods, like there's a lot of companies now that are getting into that um, sort of food you know so you can you know not go from eating you know super clean to like eating like crazy amounts of sodium and you know whatever else but um so i've been kind of like switching into those and trying those out seeing what works and doesn't wreck my stomach because the worst thing out there is having a wrecked stomach um, yeah on the trail like i kind of felt that like when i first started backpacking and then like on our first elk hunt like uh really things was kind of like messing with my stomach because i just never ate that before you know so i totally get what you're saying with that so yeah that that's something that scares me a lot on the that that makes me i'd say over prepare a little with stuff i pack um Mm -hmm. uh, and my thought too is okay at least if i if i know i'm only packing in from my truck you know under five miles or something I'm like, okay, I, I got to carry it heavy once. And after that, we'll be good. <laughs> it's good to go. Yep. <laughs> you know, but, but like I'll bring, 
um, I th- I'd still say my, to me, my most important thing in my pack, I feel is, is just a couple, you know, a, a couple of Claritin, a couple of Sudafed, a couple of, um, something for a migraine with caffeine in it. Um, cause I know how sensitive I get to stuff and I know just certain things with changing the food I'm eating a little bit and elevation and. If I screw yeah. up one little bit and forget to eat or something, I'm going to be on my ass with a migraine, and I know it. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, I've got to keep that med pack stocked. <laughs> oh, yeah, I keep I keep a little bit of everything. I, the way – what I figure is if if I go through the stuff I bring and it doesn't get me able to get back out hunting, then I need to leave. Yep. Yeah, so. for sure. I don't know how to bring them on. I think I bring I bring Excedrin for like headaches and stuff. Mm-hmm. I bring like some melatonin sometimes, and then like Imodium and like some other things for like allergies. <laughs> so yeah. pretty much the same stuff. Well, and it, it even panned out uh, in uh, in Idaho when we did deer camp because mm-hmm. um, for whatever reason, one of the it was like the third day in too. I don't know why, but um, Chris and I you know, we went up that hill where we were parking every day mm-hmm. and, you know, climbing over the top and checking everything out. And I got to the top of that hill and I had like asthma and, oh, wow. and it was hitting me and I didn't have an inhaler or anything like that. And, and Chris goes, well, you got anything with caffeine in it? And I go, I got some pills. And, and he's like, yeah, just take that. It's caffeine will help get rid of that. I'm like, really? He goes, yeah. He took it, and I sat for like five minutes, and it was gone. Nice. I was like, oh, man. I learned something new. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Chris with the save, man. Yeah. (laughs) Um, That's awesome. Yeah, so, um, yeah, we'll jump around here a little bit. I I wanted to get a little bit into, you know, fitness and what you're doing to prep and everything else because it's super impressive, and I – I know it's going to pan out for you. You know, it's going to pay off for sure. Thanks, man. Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> but dude, I didn't know you were training for ultras. Yeah. yeah. What's funny is I, I know I know you're probably going to crush your your 50K. And I already know, knowing you, that, that it ain't going to stop there, right? No, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be cool. I, I already got ideas for next year, so... <laughs> But we'll see how this we'll see how this one goes. I'm gonna have to get advice from you or something on my running and because I well and Chris too. Uh dude, it's just I don't know what happened. You guys have been getting after it a little bit, right? Yeah, oh for sure. And I I, I know you guys not as much as him. Yeah. Yeah. I I think when we started the competition, it it almost worked in my favor because the first run we did, the first uh, 10K, I did prep for it. I, so I was running, you know, a couple miles. I, uh, you know, I probably put in like, um, I don't know, like eight miles a week for, for four or five weeks leading up to it. Um, maybe not that much. Because I, I still ran it like a fat kid, kind of slow. <laughs> but um, I put in some time, and I, re- I had talked to Chris, and we were a week out 
from that run, the first one. And he's like, oh, yeah, crap. He's like, well, I'm just going to power through it. And I guess he hadn't been running a lot yet. Yeah. So so I ran it early thinking I I might do it twice or something. And I finished it. And I'm like, nah, I'm dead. I'm going to text him my time. And I ran it in like one hour and and 20 seconds or something like that. One hour, 15 seconds, something yeah. Just barely a minute, not even a minute over an hour. And mm-hmm. and I told my, I was like, I'm not going to tell Chris because I know he'll get that little crazy in his head <laughs> and he'll be about to give up and then he'll think about my time and he'll push himself through it. Yep. <laughs> and I, yep. I, for whatever Just reason, grind I, right through it. I finished it and I was all excited. So I texted Chris and he's like, okay. And then that Saturday, he runs it, and he texts me, and he's like, I got an hour. His his time was like an hour and nine seconds. He beat me by like ten seconds. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. damn it. And he goes, he goes I'm going to be honest. I was going to give up at three miles. And then I started oh thinking goodness. about your time, and I was like, I can do this. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, I knew it, man. Dang. Man, I bet uh, if you got into it, though, man, you'd crush it. Like, you are you got that long stride. Like, I think you, you don't kill it running. Like, I am not a physical specimen at all, I'm sure. Like, nobody in my family is athletic. So, I'm like, I think if you put in some work, dude, you would crush it. Like, I remember I, you stepping over that log. I'm like, I had to, like, get on my butt and shimmy across <laughs> over it. And then you just, like, step clean over it. <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah, I, get, I mean, I'm lucky. I got long <laughs> arms and long legs. You know, the long <laughs> arms help me with with shooting. I get to shoot a long draw length and everything. Oh, yep. And get some good performance out of my bows. And, yeah, I can step <laughs> over high stuff. That's for sure. Yep. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I feel like maybe I need to – maybe I just need to use, like, the Nike app or something and, and use their training aid to help me figure out how to amp it up. Because I – like I was, I geek out on data and stuff with this kind mm-hmm. of thing, but then I also stress out when I feel like I'm not doing it right. And right now I feel like I'm just pushing myself. Like I'm just, I'm just pushing my legs through it, you know? Yeah. Instead of having a real stride. Yeah. I think that's my issue. Yeah. Yeah. You might look at like just even finding like a, uh, like I find like a training plan basically. And it just tells me like, how many miles each day and what type of run I need to do every day. And like, that kind of keeps me like on a schedule, you know, I'm like, well, no matter what I have to do this today, otherwise I'm going to have to do it on my rest day and then it's going to mess me up for recovery and you know, whatever. But uh, yeah, that might help you out too. But yeah, I tell yeah. You, just kind of winging it kind of makes it tough with running. Cause you're like, Oh, I don't want to do this. And <laughs> you end up just stopping. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I'll I'll look into that. I I feel like I should definitely be performing better. So, <laughs> yeah, man, you've been killing in the gym, man. I've been seeing even. What's that thing that you said that you're using? I forgot in your gym. Uh, that cardio machine. I still haven't oh, seen one. I found oh, a place the, with one um, yet, but I want to so try it. The Jacob's ladder. Yeah, and, yeah, I want to uh, try one. And I did the other one too, the Versa climber or something. Um, but yeah, that, I don't know that the, the Jacob's ladder is awesome. Yeah. 
like all Man, the traumas. Oh, to tell you something that just crushes your full body. <laughs> yes. Yeah, a lot of people. Found a place with that. Yeah, I, I, I haven't seen it in any other gym anywhere. I was. It's funny too because my gym at home has it, but they don't have a stairmaster. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So. A lot of people yeah, will just <laughs> will yeah. A lot of people will just hold on to the handrails on that ladder and mm. walk it like stairs. But yeah, I'll get on that thing and do like I'll do like five sets of like one minute or forty seconds as fast as I can. Yeah, and and you know climb it with my hands and feet and all you know all you do is is pull pull a little farther up like step up a little faster and it'll start going faster so so oh, the okay. faster you step the faster it'll take you because it's like on a break so it just pulls loose from the break oh, and it, okay. it just keeps rolling faster and faster so nice. when you come to the bottom it just stops okay so it's it's safe i think it's pretty safe too to use because yeah. you're not really going to slip up and hurt yourself it's going to stop within a yeah, second definitely Nice. Yeah, but that does a pretty good job on that cardio. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been able to go for more than a minute, like, at a full speed on it. Yeah. That's crazy. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so, um, I think we should jump into that hunt a little bit. All right. <laughs> our, our elk hunt this last year. Yeah. Um, there's something... There's something important on that hunt that I want to talk about, and we've we've talked before about doing a podcast about it, and mm-hmm. something nobody likes to talk about. Yeah, and it's losing an animal. Yeah. Now, I think I think I'll just say before we get into it, I think the outcome we had um, was better than we thought it was going to be. I think. I think that elk is okay and still out there running around um, yeah. because of what happened at the very end. But um, why don't you start, you know, kind of with the story of how you took your shot and, you know, what happened. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is a, <laughs> this is a tough story. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, I think I need therapy over this one. <laughs> I, I think about this thing like pretty much every day, but. Um, yeah, um, yeah, goodness, uh, what was that, I forgot what day that was, but, uh, what were we all coming along, and I was kind of ahead a little bit, and, uh, we decided to, like, cross, like, mid-mountain, basically, and, um, I was working this trail, and, uh, it was pretty steep right there, the trail was flat, but the hillside above me was steep, and, uh, it was so thick out there, it was like hunting Jurassic Park, (laughs) Yeah, uh, and I just see these tips come up over, over this uh, brush over there, and uh, yeah, he has no idea that I'm there. And God, I couldn't have been more than like 15 yards from him at that. And, mm-hmm. But it was super thick, so I kind of like just dunked, ducked down. He was looked like basically broadside, kind of quartering away a little bit up facing uphill, and um, I'm below him because of the way that the trail was coming in and. I just ducked out. That was kind of my knee-jerk reaction. And I knocked that arrow, and I stand back up, and 
I can't find a spot through the brush where I'm at. It was super hard to see. And then, so I kind of move around and I found an opening and, um, I pulled back. I saw like a clear little hole there that I could get through the brush. It was kind of tough because it was so thick and like, I couldn't shoot over the brush or anything like that. So I had to find a hole and my pin was clear, but so I thought that it would just kind of zip through there. Um, obviously the, um, the bushes kind of moved. So I know I it zipped through there and, um, I didn't get a clear look at it, but it made me really nervous. Like, I, I think you saw like how nervous I was when it went through because mm-hmm. I feel like it should have just zipped right through them. Um, and it didn't, like I saw it sticking out. Like I didn't really get a lot of penetration at all. And, um, he took off and like, because of that, like it was really hard to see exactly where I hit and, you know, where, and then he took off and I kind of like, and then you guys came up behind and kind of went around or whatever. But, um, yeah, that was kind of uh, kind of the issue there. But like aiming for that little hole, you know, I I don't know. Yeah, that was that was a tough one. But, uh, yeah, and then he took off, and yeah, we went that night and mm-hmm. waited for a little bit. We couldn't find any good blood, and uh, decided to pull out. That was an awful night sleep. Uh, not yeah, only did that happen? But my pad failed, and then. Yeah, zero slaves, spent the entire next day chasing knee scrape blood. And uh yeah. I think we bumped into him again. Like I think he was all right. I I mean there everybody have their I played a million different scenarios in their heads, but in my head, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, maybe it hit that front scapula when he took off, I don't know, and just didn't penetrate through. Um I d I just couldn't tell you, I mean honest, like I thought it would have been perfect, but it wasn't, you know, that's just, just goes to show. Like, and it's funny too, cause like I've never shot an elk or anything like that with my bow. And like, I just thought I'd never be that in that situation. And like, sure enough, first one, like I just have that nightmare, you know, that everybody dreads right yeah. off the bat, you know, first one, like that was just so defeating. Like I can't even describe it, honestly. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was tough. Like I said, I think about it almost every day especially when i bring up hunting or something like that it always uh comes up in my head so yeah (laughs) yeah i mean that and and for anybody who may ever hear this and and thinks in that scenario that that you know that's some kind that's an issue with hunters and that hunters don't care if an animal gets away or they won't look at it or they won't look for it long enough or something like that. I, first, I got to say, you were distraught, man. You were very, very torn up by that situation, by the fact that we weren't spending that night. Because it was later in the evening yeah. when you took that shot. And yeah. you were tore up just by the fact that we were coming back without searching for it yet. Oh, yeah. And the next day... When we, I mean, we gave it the entire day yeah. uh, looking for that elk. And I, I could, I, I felt, I felt it for you too, man. Like it, it tore me up a little bit because I could see it in your eyes. And I, at one point, I'm pretty sure you'd even said, you know, I, uh, if I stay, I'm only going to be looking for that elk. I have no desire to. Yeah, to sh- I shoot no another animal to shoot on this else. trip. 
Yeah. And, and I think we kind of decided with the amount of time we spent and the fact that we thought we'd spooked him back up and he took off that it would basically be re-hunting him again. And like he, I, like I said, I feel like he's okay and he would have been functioning pretty good. Um, and he would have been hard as hell to hunt. Yeah. Um, because he would have been just like hunting a normal, healthy elk. Um, and something else, man, the, the way we trailed that thing, I, dude, I couldn't even believe what we were doing. Like I, I had some (laughs) blood trail experience with pigs, you know, and it, it was nothing. It was like, I knew I was going to find them. Like they weren't getting, they, they probably ran, you know, a hundred yards and disappeared into some weeds or something, but I saw a lot of blood and it was easy. I, I don't even know how we found the first drop of blood. And that's what we were trailing is drops. Like we, this was one drop. We found it and we would scatter on our hands and knees in like a 10-yard radius until we found another drop. Yeah, that was what? pretty – I think I have like 32 like waypoints, you know, like when we were tracking them, and like it was just like little droplets on blades of grass. And I think that's what kind of helped us think, you know, too, that he was all right was just that we weren't getting the blood yeah. that we – you know, that – would have been coming out like it was like a scrape you know and he brushed up against some grass and somehow he saw the droplets you know and we tracked him uphill and so far too my goodness like <laughs> yeah and the fact that and, something busted out of there like that right and so and and that can mean that can mean either the arrow's still in him and he's not bleeding you know which is, is possible and if he's not bleeding that much and that arrow's still in him more likely than not that thing is gonna is gonna fall out eventually and it's gonna heal up and he's gonna go on with his life yeah um you know or if the arrow was out and he was bleeding that little it just it, it was a shoulder shot or something like that um yeah but yeah, you know, I just kind of wanted to reflect on it a little bit and kind of get yeah. your thoughts and feelings on it out there because I think there's so many people who who don't understand that situation or never want to talk about it and yeah. it's you know, it, it is something that happens and comes with the territory with hunting. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I don't want to like and there's people that like, you know, like it's not like I was just winging shots, you know. Like, like right. I practice all the time. Like I'm like obviously I was tore up about it. Like, you know, like I I don't think it's okay to just wing shots into animals and you know like not practice with your rifle or your bow or anything like that. Like I put more training into hunting for not killing anything. Like I don't even know. Like <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. But um, uh, to say and you know I think just thinking that it could never happen like that's just silly you know you never know what the situation is going to hold and um that was just one of those things you know and i think that we gave it 
as much as we could, you know, I mean, I definitely more effort than, you know, what I think most people would put into it. But, um, yeah, that was a tough situation, tough, tough part of that hunt too, um, for sure. Oh yeah. I, we looked until my boot fell apart. Remember that? <laughs> that did fall apart. Yeah. The whole <laughs> part came off. Oh my God. Duct tape my boot back. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, there was, I, I know we had, after that, we had thrown around talking a little bit about arrow weight, you know, and mm-hmm. that, and, but even that, to be honest, it, when it comes down to an arrow setup, if you're shooting the right spine arrow with an effective broadhead, it, it seems like the consensus is that weight, it, you, you don't need that extra weight for different animals you know it it can be helpful based on what you're shooting like like i shoot a 31 inch draw length and if i'm shooting that at 70 pounds (laughs) i'm gonna see a difference in some of that weight for sure you know Yeah. Uh, yeah the the whole kinetic energy thing might be helpful to me but there's also um there's tons of people out there on the other side of that who who believe um you know, lightweight and getting that speed is just as effective if you can make a good shot. Yeah. And that you also have to consider that lightweight also tightens up your pin gap and gives you, um, you know, a smaller margin of error on your shot. What what are you shooting? Because I did end up changing my uh, arrow setup after all of that. Yeah. Um, after we all talked and kind of, and you know, I'm not like trying to compensate or be like, oh yeah, I'm just preparing for a bad shot or anything. But um, I did end up changing my arrow setup slightly after that. What uh, did you did you just get a little heavier with the arrow? Or what, yeah, what yeah, it's doing? a little bit heavier. I got a little bit more uh, point weight. Uh, I switched my broadheads to a. Uh, I don't think I was shooting like something super crappy, but I ended up switching to uh, Iron Wills, um, basically okay. a lot more point weight, and I'm like a little bit over 500 grains now. And I wasn't shooting like I don't think it would be like considered super lightweight. I think I was at 460, but I'm also uh-huh. a, I'm also a super short drawing. I shoot 27 inch draw, you know, right? And um, I think my bill was at 71 pounds or something like that. And, but no, I just bumped it up just a little bit higher, a little bit sharper, a little bit more reliable broadheads and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and if for nothing else, honestly, just the mental aspect of it, of just switching to something different. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it just... New, uh, fresh start. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. I mean, I've, um, I've always hunted with full metal jackets. Mm-hmm. Um, and so shooting those arrows longer and... Um, you know, those arrows are already a little heavier, just the way they come. Um, you know, and yeah, I try and keep it kind of heavy too on the point uh, or on my broadheads. But um, I think I've always been somewhere around 500, mm-hmm. somewhere just just over the top. And that's, I think the only reason I've been over that is because of um, the, the fact that I'm shooting full metal jackets. Yeah, a little bit heavier. Yeah. Yeah, I'm um, shooting the Axis right now. Oh, okay. Those for a while. They they put out that Pro Series now. Mm-hmm. Those are those have been pretty solid for me at least with just shooting. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, if you want to dive into it, I would look into, um, I believe Tim Gillingham has put out, um, I don't know if he's got videos or what. I, I know I've seen it from him. Um, and he has some pretty strong opinions on that. I believe on the lightweight. he leans. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I believe he leans yeah, more to the lightweight. Yeah, he's on the lightweight fast setup. He's and, breed of his own. What is that dude's like? drawing like 32 33 yeah he's like 6'9 he's he's a giant ridiculous um yeah actually i'm supposed to have him on the podcast we we had tried to set it up once and had an issue getting him on skype so we need to reach out to him again and Kind yeah, of work I, think on I, that. I think I listened to a podcast with like him and like Aaron Snyder from like Kafaru and like they were kind of oh, like okay. getting into it about like heavy versus light because he is so strong. Said about the light fast arrow and uh, yeah, all the Kafaru guys they pretty much go the exact opposite direction because you know he's shooting trad and you know all this stuff about noise and this and that. It's kind of interesting to hear like all the different viewpoints of you know what works, you know. And, just from actual straight killers, you know? Yeah. And just shows, and, you know. I, and, and Tim, you know, he's, he's one of those pro shooters who, um, who, who never lets his love for hunting get put to the side. Mm-hmm. You know, that's still what it's all about for him in the end. He, he loves hunting. And I, I wouldn't argue with anything he puts out there on hunting for sure because he knows exactly. shit. Yeah. And what I love about him too, as far as target archery goes, he doesn't bullshit anybody about what he's good at and what he likes doing. He's, uh, you know, he he hates Vegas indoor stuff. He he's not he he's not a fan too big like i think he enjoys the 3d shoots like uh redding style stuff um Mm -hmm. but he loves the asa stuff and opa and and he just crushes at those wins everything um i saw one day he posted a like a a three spot target it was like a vegas target right and target one was an x target two was a 10 target three was a nine and like for Vegas, you got to be shooting thirties the whole time. And basically now you got to be shooting three X's to win the damn thing. Yeah. And, and he posted, he goes, target one is the reason I'm good at ASA and single arrow events. He goes, target two is the reason I don't win, um, other two arrow 3d events. Oh, he goes, yep. target three is the reason I can't ever win Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. that's funny, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah, he's impressive, though, to watch. Yeah, uh, He for shoots sure. a wrist rocket, too, doesn't he? I think so, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, yeah, he does. Kind of cool he to does. see somebody else doing something a little bit different. Well, I guess he's, not too different, but. He's got yeah. this whole deal set up. He's got like a string hanging from his stabilizer and all kinds of stuff set up. I, oh, wow. I don't know what it all does, but it works for him. Interesting. So. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, so I was going to say my thought, and I could be completely wrong on this, on, on your elk. Um, I, I, was, I, I looked a lot at where you shot from and – that whole situation. I thought back a lot on it 
you know, through my experience in target shooting and stuff. And, mm-hmm. and from what I know has happened to me, you know, as far as nerves go with firing a shot. And I, I'm not sure how you felt in the moment of executing that shot. Um, but what I pictured and, and based on the blood we saw and everything else, I felt like maybe it was more of, um, you saw him. If I remember correctly, I feel like that shot was, was down. You were downhill of the animal a yeah. little bit, good little bit, right? Yeah. Nothing crazy, but uh, enough to where possibly your arrow was angled upwards Yeah, in the animal. So my thought was maybe you came down and as you were coming down, when top pin hit fur, maybe you were seeing your other pins on the animal and your shot went off and that put it in the shoulder and the angle of the arrow, maybe you saw knock down in the kill zone. Yeah. Could have been. That was my kind of take on the situation, knowing how that like it, Comparing it to a target panic situation, a, a lot of people, when when they have target panic and the nerves and like I got to get this shot off, there's a lot of people who, when it's bad, it'll be as soon as sights on target, you fire, you know, yeah, um, or or just on the 3D target or whatever. As soon as you touch animal, the shot goes off, um, mm-hmm. and that's I don't know. I could be totally wrong. You took the shot and you know, but <laughs> yeah, that's possible. I mean, I was drawing back for a little while and uh, just trying to find that hole uh, mm-hmm. in the brush. So um, yeah, I don't know. It could have been, you know, <laughs> once I hit that spot, you know, I lose it. And, yeah. You know, I couldn't tell you, but yeah, it could have been, it was in, like you said, I mean, I could have seen where the knock was, but it's right. not like I had a good look at it because of how thick that area was. So when it, I mean, as soon as the shot went off, that thing took off. So, I mean, I only got a glimpse of it. Um, so, yeah, that very well could have happened. <laughs> I I couldn't tell you. I mean, I, I run that scenario through my head a billion times. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, well, it didn't help, um, too, that, that it goes running. And, you know, Chris and I are 15 yards behind mm-hmm. you. We had lost sight of you. We didn't even know. We were standing there bullshitting. We didn't even yeah. know you took a shot. And him and I see this elk, and we go chasing after it. Yeah. <laughs> and you're yeah. like, what the hell are you idiots doing? Oh, I, I shot like, it. I know Yeah. That's very possible, though. I mean, I, I don't think that, like, I did it as soon as it hit fur, just because, I don't know, I think I had a second to think about it. But, um, yeah, I didn't, yeah, I don't know. It's possible, though. Yeah. Well, to, so... Uh, um. I mean, to, to kind of wrap that up, what I, knowing that how much you've thought about that and gone through that scenario, in the end, what did you take away from it just, you know, to make a change and um, as far as setup and anything else you're doing, you know, for that scenario? Because I feel like you probably f- found a way to prepare yourself for that you know, to be honest, I think know. the biggest thing was that the opening, from what I recall, the opening was maybe a little bit high, and I think I just 
I think I was just so focused on like getting like a clear shot, you know, just like I picture like this arrow just zipping through everything, you know. Yeah. And it wasn't super thick from what I from what I saw, you know, but um, you know, and I was running a decently heavy arrow. Now I'm running a really heavy arrow. I probably would have, I don't know, maybe found a different opening or just zipped it through um, that little bit of brush that was there. I don't know because it was just so close. Um, rather than trying to find like maybe the absolute perfect shot. Cause you know, I mean, when you're practicing, you know, you're just like, even when you have like a 3d target or a target out there, you're standing up straight, you know, you're just straight onto it, you know, all this mm-hmm. stuff. Like you, I feel like now, like you're just never going to have that perfect shot. Like, you know, like you might be sitting down or, you know, on your knees or something like that. And like, I don't right. know, you just kind of have to adapt to the situation. And I mean, I haven't shot enough stuff and, you know, to really get a good call on it. But like now that I've done that, you know, I think I would have uh, done things a little bit differently maybe, but to be honest, I'm like, I mean, I, I thought it was going to be perfect. The only thing that made yeah. me nervous was that I still saw the arrow. Like if I didn't see the arrow, I'd have been like, Oh my God, I nailed that thing. Like it's crushed it. Uh, but I knew as soon as I saw it sticking out that much, I was like, Oh my God, I'm like, I hit bone or something. Um, hmm. You know, that was the only thing that got me worried. So, um but yeah it's hard to tell but yeah i changed my arrow setup i still practice and you know i'm just gonna keep grinding and doing what i can to give myself as much opportunity as i can to um um close the deal next time you know for sure so i learned a lot you know just try to get more opportunity and we'll see what happens (laughs) yeah no definitely man i i have to say too i I don't think I would have done anything different at all in that scenario. Yeah. Um, I, I would have done, I would have went through it the exact same way as you. I would have shot through what opening I had, you know, if I felt like it was there. Um, yep. Plus like I, I, you probably weren't even thinking about it, but the fact that Chris and I were back behind you out of eyesight, um, you know, bullshitting and playing with our gps yeah i mean and that, him and, and i could that have spooked that thing across my mind but like i did think about it i'm like i knew that you guys were coming uh, right and maybe i rushed it you know because like when i first saw it, it just happened and i mean everything runs through my head and i can explain it all out but i mean really that all happened like so fast you know yeah and like i dipped down looked back didn't see anybody knocked an arrow stood up found the hole and zipped it through and like that's like how fast it went you know yeah. And, um, but it's, you know, so I don't know, maybe we take more time with it, but who knows? That's the hard thing with elk is you <laughs> don't, dude, you don't always have time. Like it, exactly. it's just, it's a matter of a wind change or, and again, him and I out there, you have no idea what we're doing or if we're going to come stomping up behind you and spook it, or if it's going to hear us or all of a sudden smell us because of how far away we were standing from you like you you just you gotta go yep that's the thing i learned the most this year is you just you gotta keep moving in you know what uh i think what was really strange for me i you know i had prepared a lot for it and thought a lot about this situation and, and what to do is is actually being loud and trying to make it make an elk think that you're an elk 
Mm -hmm. Um, and this had happened after you left. I I think it was, uh, I think it was probably just the next day after you left or something. I think it was, I think it was just when Chris and I were out there and, um, you know, we, we'd got onto a herd, you know, down, down in a little, they found a little Creek or something that had water in it. And, again it was so thick we're we're coming down on them we can hear them we hear a little bit of grunting you can smell them um and we're 20 yards away and we can't see a thing but we can hear them i mean we know they're there and you know chris is telling me just go just march down towards them because the wind was in our favor you know we've got to hurry you've got to go you can't waste time and he's standing behind me cow calling. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's cow calling. We catch their attention. And by that point, I was used to hearing what they sound like when they storm off. Yeah. Nobody was moving. And I was loud. I was breaking branches. I was walking down. Was that on and, this hunt? Uh, or on the yeah. Hunt? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and for me, that was strange. I'd never... I'd never done that. I, I, I'd never not tried to sneak up on an animal, you know? Yeah. I'm like, dude, that's a whole different thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I can totally see that. And, you know, I kind of, like, I'm, I'm a little bit indifferent. And, I mean, I am no killer like anybody else. But, um, like, I see, especially with your calling and doing things like that and, like, if the – animals seem to be like herded up like i could totally see that working but like on so the one that i came up to he was by himself and then the previous days i was on the same bull and the first time i ran into him it was so close to our camp early that morning that i was just bebopping along and then you know making noise like i didn't expect to run into something that soon and he was like six yards away and just took off down the road i was like oh my goodness i'm like i like should have been like thinking about like, what if there's something right there in front of me. Yeah. And um, I think when they're like alone like that, like it pays to like, and especially if like you're still hunting that kind of thing. I mean, cause you see people like, you know, taking off their shoes and stuff and sneaking around their socks and stuff like that. Like there's, uh-huh. it's just like two different tactics, I think. And uh, in that case where we were on that bull that I shot and, you know, he got away. Like, I think that being quiet and, there's no way I would have gotten that clue. He had no idea what was there walking up on him. Right. Know, 10, 15 yards away. And um, I think that, but if they're herd up, you're like marching along, like you see dudes like raking trees and doing all kinds of crazy stuff and calling and like, you know, imita- basically imitating elk. Like it's just two different strategies. So I think that like the two different, like kind of spotting stock and still counting and calling, like they all have their different strategies, you know, yeah. different times and different places, you know. Um, right. And we're all still messing around with all of that stuff, trying to figure out what works at the time that it works. You know, obviously, if they're, you know, bugling and going crazy and it's, you know, heavy into the rut or if it's early and, you know, they're still by themselves and, you know, not doing much and just kind of like chilling by themselves in a little hole, you know, it kind of changes up the strategy. You know, there's so much to it trying to figure all that out. But, um, yeah, yeah, that's that's something I found so tricky about Oregon, too, is is. You can't necessarily, you, there's not many places where you can sit for a while and just look through the glass and try and find no. an animal. 
you yeah, know, it's totally different for me. And we to Idaho it, with the spotter. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. That's that was a new experience for me too. When when we did that, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it blew me away how you'll you know my I'll be honest, my first time in Idaho, man, um, or or even second time when we when I shot that buck, I'm sitting up there. The first time I look at this open terrain, and you guys are like, "All right, let's." pull out the glass and just start looking. I'm like, looking at what? I can see everything. There's nothing down yeah. there. <laughs> yep. You know, and then you just look and you're like, oh, there's a doe 50 yards away that I did not even see just right there out in the open because they all blend right into everything. It's crazy. Um, yeah, that was uh, quite the experience that first time getting on those moves and just glassing for hours. Yeah. So much to look at, you know? Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And then you, you go back to Oregon and you can't really do that. You, it's, you have to, it's almost like you have to accidentally find them, but not scare them up and then try to trick them and make yourself known. Yeah, when Chris was like, don't bring your spotter, I was like, what? Like, oh, my God. And then when I got there, I'm like, oh, now I see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense for sure. Um, well, let's see here. Um, so what's uh, – that's what I wanted to ask you, actually. What's, uh, what's on the docket for this year for you for hunting season? So I didn't draw anything cool, but – I was actually kind of excited about that because last year I drew some stuff and um, this year I really get to focus on the general season again, which I really have been wanting to get back after. And um, so I'll be, you know, hunting general season archery in September out here. Um, Chris Mm -hmm. is coming out here for the October uh, rifle deer. And then I might actually be heading out there for a late season, um, spike bull tag that's a general hunt in oregon so nice but other than that i bought a bunch of points in other states um so i can start building up those kind of things and then um yeah that's pretty much it i built my points in like nevada colorado wyoming oregon and uh yeah that's pretty much it but yeah i've i've got to educate myself way better on the whole point system <laughs> oh yeah it's complicated everybody's every yeah. different and luckily i got a buddy that's been doing it for a while so he's been kind of you know helping me along to figure things out and um yeah so it, with him helping me out it's been a lot easier and kind of made things uh, a little bit smoother trying to figure things out but um yeah hopefully i can start building those up and then in a few years or so hopefully draw something cool but um yeah the good thing about where i'm at i can be in most states you know within a few hours, I mean, hunting like some parts of Nevada are faster than where we went elk hunting here in Idaho. So uh, oh, yeah, it works out yeah. pretty good uh, in that aspect. So how about you? Um, I am, I'm going to be going out to the same place in Oregon. Okay. Um, uh, I got my buddy from here is going to tag along with me. Um, and then... I think Chris is going to meet us actually, you know, the first, uh, 
the first couple of days, he said he just wants to come out and um, help us out and maybe call for us a little bit or something. Nice. He's yeah. going to poke he around. He a couple good tags, so I know he's not going to be doing any of the general season type stuff. Yeah, he's he's got a very specific thing going on this year. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it kind of sucks. We're all kind of split up this year. I know. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm going to try to come out and help him out if I can um, um, in Oregon. See, because it's actually, I think it's closer to me than it is to him. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We're all kind of split up and doing our own thing this year, but that's all right, though. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah, I'm going to get back out there and then um, I'm going to see what I can do uh, next month is our our local kind of opener not where i grew up hunting um and my friend alex from here that i that i hunt with around here you know him and i kind of grew up together out there hunting with our dads um and we we haven't put a ton of time into it but the the last couple of years we've been going out and doing some backpack hunts out there and finding bucks you know and yeah it's like there's a stigma with with this area and everybody thinks there's no deer there there's no bucks anywhere and you know the the system of of doing the backpack hunt thing and and going farther than anybody else has you know has paid off and it's put us on some animals and it's been really cool nice so yeah we're gonna we're gonna poke around here a little bit see what we can do and you know, depending on how Oregon turns out, I'll, I might get back after it with rifle down here or something. Yeah. Um, and just if I have to do the weekend warrior thing, that's what I'll do. Yeah. And then I got, uh, I do have a cool little spot. I've got access to, um, a, like a good couple thousand private uh a couple thousand acres of private property uh near a lake out here that a buddy of mine um has been taking me out to the last few years and i've only been going out for a day or two but uh he's picked up uh these three bucks on his trail camera for the last three years that have been hanging out there oh sweet Um, so uh all else fails i'm gonna try and put some focus on that too you know and, and that's i mean it, it it's nothing epic it's it's a 40 minute drive from my house you know it's a daily thing we can do mm-hmm. um so you know put something into that but it's not like we're chasing any monsters or anything out here either i just yeah. want to keep meat in the freezer you know yep yeah stay that's stocked up about, man. <laughs> or just get something <laughs> down on the ground <laughs> that's the key Right yeah. Now. Awesome. Yeah, yeah and actually, there's. For your backpack guns? Um. Getting you know new what? boots? No. <laughs> oh yeah, I did get new boots. <laughs> <All right. laughs> like, you gotta get some new boots after that one. <laughs> um. Yeah. Other than that, though, I don't. I didn't. Uh, I don't think I bought anything else this year. And and actually, I'm gonna be buying a new bow. So. Oh sweet! What kind? <laughs> yeah. So um. Dude, I think I want to go pick up one of PSE's carbon bows. Really? Um, nice. I think I may even do it this weekend. Hopefully, we still have one in stock at the shop. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, man. I just, 
I'll tell you, for me, it's I end up with that thing on my pack more than I'd like and I'm starting to realize. And even when it's not on my pack, dude, I want to carry a lighter bow around for elk hunting. Yeah. Yep. I just, I don't want all that weight. And I was a little, I was a little skeptical of what, uh, of how it was going to shoot. But then, like I said, I shoot a 31 inch draw. Um, I've got a buddy who shoots 32, I believe. And he was putting his hunting set up. Um, I think he was shooting the, the carbon air. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he was putting arrows down range, like 298 feet per second on his hunting setup. Oh, nice. I'm like, yeah, I think I'm going to go with that this year. <laughs> yeah. Those things are sweet, man. And they're so lightweight. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, so for yeah, that's where that's what I'm looking at. Uh, other than that, um, I kind of kept it simple with my pack and stuff, you know. So mm-hmm. I, I yeah. don't have a lot of extras with it. It's everything mm-hmm. is just like a clip-on pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you're running that Kafaru setup. Yeah, the the nice. Argali. So yeah, so I it's a little bit of a pain not having all the zippers and pockets to separate things. But I'm kind of, I've got the routine down now where I know as soon as I get to camp, I know how to unpack it. I know mm-hmm. what to load up for the next day and how I'll have easy access to it. So, yeah. No, I prefer not to have any of that zipper stuff on there anyway. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, that, I like just like a main cavity and pack all my stuff into like little bags and that's it. <laughs> yeah, just like a duffel and yep. a few separated bags. Yeah, keep things simple for sure. Yeah. That's yeah, I think that's the way to go. Um, yep. I, I got some friends. Yeah, I've got I got some friends who've got all of the zippers and pockets and pouches. And it's kind of cool, but it seems like every time we stop, they're fiddling with shit and trying yep. to find stuff or forget right? which pockets <laughs> it's in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nah. Yeah. I've never been a big fan of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and actually this year... Um, I told Chris a couple times. I'm gonna have to. I'll have to text you later and get with you on this. I may be able to make deer camp if the invites open. It all depends on. Heck yeah, man! You can make it out. <laughs> we'll be there. We already got Sweet. the days. So yeah, yeah. It just uh, it it depends on if the dates uh, overlap with uh of trip my wife's taken so oh okay right on if if she's going out of town then maybe i'll need to go out of town chase some deer for a few days yeah yeah Yeah, we'll be out there getting after it so yeah cool yeah man um uh let's see here we can we can slowly wrap this up but i just uh you you asked me i kind of wanted to ask you to go over your gear a little bit because you have some pretty cool shit as far as gear goes. Like you said earlier, you're 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 into gear and data and all that shit. And dude, you yeah. found some cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not a killer by any means, but I'm like I don't give any advice about hunting. But I'm like if people want to know about gear, I can tell them about gear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I run a Stone Glacier pack. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have a Kafaru. And, um, 
luckily I have another buddy that I work with that's a gear junkie. So we kind of like feed off each other and allows us to test like a lot of things that, um, you know, most people won't be able to have their hands on um, to kind of see so we can give, you know, a good comparison. But I run a uh, Kafaru pack or a uh, Stone Glacier pack, the Crux Evo. And it's a smaller pack, and it's simple. Like you said, it's just got a main cavity. There's only one pocket on it, which is the spotting scope pocket. And uh, I run that tent that I had when we were uh, in Oregon. It's a, uh, a Z-Pax Plexmid. It's Cuban fiber. So that's probably, like, one of my coolest pieces of gear because it's a one-man shelter that weighs 14.8 ounces. Uh so that's insane. super lightweight right yeah super lightweight and you know a lot of people are like oh you don't need that but um when me and my buddy we went out and i had that late season i drew that late season uh elk tag or i didn't draw it but that's what i ended up having to hunt out here because of the way my tags lined up um you know you just you know i'm not i'm not like oh you need to have lightweight to be able to pack in but it allows you to do things that you know you wouldn't be able to otherwise uh one being you know the smaller guy so having a lightweight pack is nice and then two you know when you're able to pack up all of your camp on your back and it weighs as much as somebody else's day pack like i can move and do things like my camp can constantly move and that's what we were doing during uh my elk hunting here's deer camp we would camp somewhere we'd pack everything up we can hunt all day with our stuff on our back and then Mm -hmm. you know move to a different camp or wherever and uh so the other thing that I switched to was a quilt. Uh, so my sleeping bag has like no hood or anything or any back on it. Uh, it's super lightweight. It's like a 20 degree and it's got, it weighs like 19 ounces or something like that. Uh, Wait, so it's, so it's essentially just a blanket. Uh, so it's got a, a closed foot box and then, um, and then it can open up, but there's also like strap, a strap that goes around your pad and then a strap that goes around you, but there's no zippered back part. So basically it just cinches up around you and then there's a draw cord that goes around your neck and you don't have any hood. So you just wow. wear like a beanie or something like that. Yeah. What degree is that rated to? So that's a 20 degree. Uh, but for a 20 degree bag, like my other 20 degree bag, I think it was like two and a half pounds or so i think the one that we took on our first elk hunt and this one's like 19 ounces dang uh super lightweight and then uh so yeah so i run that um i was running a short pad for a while um that was super lightweight and then um for my other gear like i told you i don't go stoveless but i do have a stove set up um Mm -hmm. with like that like super lightweight uh seat summit alpha alpha pod uh and then, yeah, my big three. And then I do have a Kafar uh, Super Tark. Um, and I have a stove and stuff like that for if it's cold or windy or really bad conditions. But for, like, the early season stuff, like, I mean, that, that Z-Pax shelter is awesome. You know, Dude, that, you don't really need anything crazy for that. That, so. that thing was cool. It was crazy, too, because it looks like it's made out of aluminum foil. Right, like, yeah. It, it looks like it's so thin. And I'm, I'm assuming that... Is that just the material, or is that yeah, yeah? That's like that's like Cuban. Sun? That's like Cuban fiber material. It's like super crunchy and like I don't know, kind of. It's it's just crazy lightweight. But uh, the crazy thing is that it's way stronger than like any kind of like silk nylon or anything like that. And um, it also doesn't stretch when it's wet, which is nice. So when you pitch it, like 
if it gets wet or something like that, like you don't have to like adjust your lines or anything like that in the middle of the night or and stuff like that. So it's it's a really really cool material. Uh, a lot of like backpackers and like through hikers and stuff like that are using shelters with that. Um, it is wow. a single wall, so it gets a little bit of condensation, but it vents pretty well. And yeah, for that weight, I mean, I'm not gonna complain. <laughs> no, man, that thing is cool. <laughs> like I. Clearly, you're going to have to spend some money if you want one of these things. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They're like, I don't know, 500 <laughs> bucks or something like that. But, you know, I, buy one, scry one. <laughs> it's like every ounce, what what would you say? Every ounce out of your pack is like 100 bucks? <laughs> uh, probably. probably yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's yeah. just, that's, that's where things get really expensive with this kind of thing. And I, I've do. tried... Like my, my first few podcasts are on backpack hunting. And the first one I kind of did roughly about gear, um, was more tailored towards people who were like in my situation who were just starting and just Mm -hmm. like what will get you out there and be effective. And maybe it'll be a little heavy or this or that, but you know, this is where you should spend money and this is where you can save in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And like, I like to like just backpack like regularly, like just in the summertime and all that stuff. And that's really where it kind of comes into play, you know, and that just kind of translates like I use that same stuff like for hunting, you know. Right. Um, Obviously, we don't go quite as far in like hunting, you know, as I would like on a super far backpacking trip or something like that. But um, it all kind of, you know, plays into that. Yeah. yeah, uh, it, it works out though. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> is uh, yeah, does that nice. does that tent weigh less than than like a hammock with a tarp? Oh yeah, by far. Like wow, way lighter than. Yeah, it's it, it's way lighter than a hammock because like a whole hammock setup. I'd say like an ultralight hammock setup would probably be somewhere around like that two to three pound range. Once you like incorporate like a bug net and the tarp and this and that, yeah, you know, where that tent has, you know, the bathtub, the net and, you know, the overhead tarp and all of that combined with the guidelines and all that is 14.8 ounces. So it's less than a pound. So like my normally like what people like, you know, sleeping bag, tent and pad, you know, would weigh is what. I don't know, like three to five pounds, maybe like I'm way under that, which helps out a lot on the backpacking side. You know, I mean, my five to seven day pack probably weighs, I don't know, 30, 35 pounds. Um, Dang. Yeah, it's super lightweight. And, you know, you pay a price for that too, though. You know, you have to give up a lot of like comforts and stuff like that. Like I'm not eating like hot meals and, you know, I'm not having the most comfortable sleep and, um, you know, you kind of like have to give and take, obviously. And I forgot, I saw a meme somewhere where like backpacking's like where you spend a small fortune to live like a homeless person. Like that's kind of like a little <laughs> bit true, you know, like you spend all this money and you have to live uncomfortably for a little bit. But um, I enjoy it and I like having a light pack and I like being able to move fast. Like I like running and I like moving fast. And um, that's just kind of it. Like you can kind of slowly trudge in and get anywhere, you know, but um, I feel like being able to move fast and do those kinds of things like, I don't know, at least on the mental side, gives me kind of some kind of advantage in my head. Yeah. Um, so that's why I try to like pack up light when I can and, you know, keep the comforts that I want. Um, and then I don't feel so bad about having those things. So, 
that's kind of where my mindset is with like ultralight backpacking. You know, a lot of people don't do it. A lot of people go to the absolute extremes of it, but um, yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, you have, you have your mindset on the mission, you mm-hmm. know, and, and when you th- look at it that way, you should be willing to sacrifice, you know, comfort food and this or that. If it's all about doing this thing that you're out there to do, you know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not sleeping I'm, too much. I feel like we're waking up super early and going to bed pretty late after dark. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't really need too much and I don't need to like sit up and have a barbecue. <laughs> like, I just want to get fuel in, get some hours in and, you know, pack up and get back out after it. So, yeah, that's what's funny is, you know, I grew up doing that kind of thing, doing the, the, you, you get up at three in the morning and go out and then you come back for breakfast and then you go back out and then you come back for lunch mm-hmm. and then you go back yeah. out and we were just wasting time, you know, road yeah. hunting and doing bullshit. And, yeah. um, yeah, for me now it's, it, there's, it's kind of nice to, to get back to your camp either at dark or, or right before um, eat something and just pass out. Yep. Heck yeah, man. Feels yeah. so good. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Best feeling ever. <laughs> Especially when you know you got to be up at four again and start oh, hiking yeah. again, you know, and your legs are on fire and sore. Yeah. And... <laughs> yeah. Once you get back to camp, man, the clock is ticking. <laughs> like yeah. Sleep time. Like, oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. So, oh yeah. man, but once you find elk or you find what you're you're stalking oh, and you know where so you have to be the next day to <laughs> mm-hmm. to get oh, then it's even it's even harder to oh for me, I get so amped and wired too, like you said you did. It's just you can't sleep, you're thinking about is it time to get up and go out there yet? And <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah, it makes it tough, man. That's why I, a lot of times I'll bring, like, melatonin, like, earplugs, man, just to, like, make me conk out. Otherwise, I'll be just in la-la land thinking about stuff. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. probably a good move, too. Yeah. I, 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 it seems like sleep is got to be super important out there. And that's why I, I'd thrown around the idea, especially after seeing Chris's setup of doing a hammock. Um, yeah you know yeah he had a cool setup man with that tarp and everything like that yeah yeah it is pretty cool like it it was very effective um Mm -hmm. and even even when it rained on us you know everything stayed dry he had no issues yeah yep Um, pad in there and everything like he was good to go yeah and see my only thing is if if my tent and everything I'm bringing in it is going to weigh the same, then I I like the idea of being all covered up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for you know? sure. There are some pretty, like, ultralight, like, hammocks. Like, Hummingbird makes one, and they're, like, a couple ounces for just a hammock and super light straps and all this and that. And I think my dad actually has a whole setup from them uh, for, like, backpacking and stuff. But, um hmm. Yeah, for the most part, though, they're, like, pretty much the same as a tent. Like, I think most people just do it. Like, Chris said, he sleeps better in a hammock than on yeah. the ground. So, uh, so he prefers that method, too. And then you got to have trees and stuff, too, which 
isn't always the case. Like, <laughs> well, oh yeah, I, like we're hunting. So, yeah, you gotta find somewhere to exactly. put it up. That's so for sure. I'm like that'd be a total pain if you can find somewhere to pitch that thing. But yeah, it's it's got to be good though too. It gives your body a bit of a rest to just kind of depressurize yeah. everything and yep. get all your weight off. Yep. And I brought that. I actually brought that hummingbird hammock when we went to Oregon. Like we were all kind of chilling in a little bit too. But I just set that up just to get my feet off the ground and kind of yeah. like let my legs take a break for a second because we were just hiking so much. Yeah, um, all over the place. <laughs> that takes a toll, man. I'm not hiking trails. Yeah. So. <clears throat> well, is there any uh, anything else you added to the gear list this year, or anything new? Um. Anything else new? Um. No, I think I was using. I started using a Steri pen. I think I would use that. <laughs> that kind of. I don't know if that weird. Mm. with the uv light thing um, yeah actually yeah I, I did want to talk about that did, is, <laughs> are you all still all for it is it all i'm still all for it yep i love that okay because i like using an algae bottle and like that thing is like the fastest way to do it like it is so quick yeah um because i don't like uh, like i've had like too many filters get like stuffed up and stuff like that like it's don't like i do have a pump though that i bought for like early season like if i can't find any like place to fill up an algae bottle you know but uh-huh. uh, for the most part though that that stary pen's the way to go um, as far as other gear i don't like clothing items like i've kind of changed up a few things with like puffies uh, you know that kind of thing but mm-hmm. and then i'm going to a stiffer boot this year i've had the same boots for like three years now and they're kind of <laughs> they're wearing a little thin so uh, nah. with a different pair of boots this year. You know, <laughs> don't want to end up with no soles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't want to be duct taping your boots <laughs> together like me. Boots together. <laughs> yeah. Don't pull a Cody. <laughs> so no, oh. I got the same bow. I love that bow. She's a little, she's a little bit bigger, but I like a little bit heavier. But uh, I really, oh. really enjoy that bow a lot. And, yeah, um, yeah, that's pretty much it for me with uh, with gear. That and that quilt was the biggest upgrade for me this year. Yeah, so pretty pretty excited about that i've been using that a lot so that's awesome yeah um i i gotta tell you after (laughs) either i'm gonna get a steri pen or just commit to the pills for the water 100 percent because after i bought that stupid little hand pump and spent 20 minutes trying to fill up each one of my water bladders with it uh, Mm -hmm. dude i oh yeah I, I'm pretty sure I threw that thing away when I got home. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's a pain, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, not having a big pump. Like, if you have, like, the bigger ones, like, they work kind of better. But still, even with that, like, it's kind of a pain. Like, the Steripens are so easy. As long as you don't mind, like, floaties in your water, like, <laughs> you're, you're pretty yeah. solid. Well, yeah, even if you just take, like, a game bag or something and kind of cover it, when you oh, fill yeah, up your bottle, you you're good up. to go. Yeah. yeah, you can just kind of filter that stuff out. Yeah, I'm all about the stereotype, man. That thing is money. It's so easy to filter water and you get so much water, especially if you're trying to like fill up like sometimes I'll bring like that big like six liter bladder for like camp water and like you know, I either put drops in it, which is like always my backup, or I'll put like, you know, I'll just filter out water in my analogy and then pour it in there. And it's so much faster than using a filter. Yeah. Well, I, you know, it's kind of funny too, is I think we put, we 
put the stair pin, the tablets, and the pump all to the test this year. Mm-hmm. Considering we filled our water basically like in a in a cow shithole. Yep. Like we that was a sketchy spot we were getting our yeah. water. But that was yep. the only spot. And only spot with water. <laughs> and all three of them worked and none of us got sick. Yep. So. <laughs> like I'm, I'm gonna trust it till I get sick, so yeah. <laughs> it just goes yet. to show it's all effective. Yeah. I know Chris had a scare for a second there, but I think he said he he thought he didn't turn the light on or something and then thought yeah, he might have got yep. Giardia. Yeah. Yeah, you got to push it so many times for how many liters, too, and uh, kind of think so. And you got to have, like, the probes in the water the entire time or else it'll shut off. So, God. yeah, we were, I was kind of showing him, too, when we got out there, and I think he's going to run it again okay. uh, come this next season. So we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'll pick one up this year for sure. Yeah, I, they're they're awesome, man. Yeah. What's um system. what how much water are you typically carrying? Uh that was the other thing that I kind of changed up. Like if I know I got water, like I'm not bringing like a ton of water, but um, mm-hmm. like when we went backpacking that first time and like out here in Idaho, like I think we all had like 3 liters on us and we were yeah. walking by a like creek the entire time <laughs> like yeah. I'll never do that crap again. <laughs> like, <laughs> too much, but if I know I got water, like I'll bring one, two liters max, if that, and then, um, and then if I know I don't have water, like this last year I drew an early season deer tag, and um, at one point I was carrying like nine liters on me just because I knew I was gonna have water for miles <laughs> to get to my camp. But uh, it all it all just depends. Like if I know I have water water source, like within you know five six miles like i'm not gonna bring more than two liters yeah so that's just kind of what i've been going after and then yeah i don't need too much more than that and that's the other thing that running's helped me do is i can kind of like gauge what i need a little bit better as water and fuel wise oh yeah i didn't really think about that yeah yeah i kind of know what i need before i start feeling like crap (laughs) so yeah don't need too much more than two liters if you have water within five, six miles. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, well, awesome, man. Hey, I, I think, know, man. uh, I think we got a lot of cool stuff covered, man. Yeah. Man. Everything I wanted to talk about. And, um, awesome, man. yeah, I, dude, I hope you have a killer season this year. Dude, um, you too. I hope you make it out to your camp now that you said that. I know. It's not I'm, like in Oregon, man. I hope you and your buddy kill it out there. Hope you guys get into them like we did that that year. Heck yeah! I may, I may have to just see if I can't. Even, you, you know, even if. Oh, yep. Can you hear me? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I <laughs> no, was getting good. a call. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm. I've been working like crazy for this company i may have to see if they'll just give me some more days off maybe mm-hmm. i could do that <laughs> yeah yeah for sure but yeah man i look forward to hearing too about your the your ultra coming up Keep yeah me yeah yeah maybe um, next time we do this we'll uh if we do this we'll uh, have a little bit more to talk about with everything that's going on in the season hopefully hopefully some yeah. of us put us put some stuff on the ground uh oh, for sure some sweet stories Definitely, man. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate yeah, I appreciate you coming you on. Me on.
man, it's been a, uh, it's been fun. It's been too long since we talked and hung out. So for sure. Yeah. Right, right on. Man. Tell the family. I said, hi, man. Absolutely. Have a good one. Too, man. We'll talk to you next time. All right. Talk to you later. later.